Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to episode 102 of your favourite Bible podcast, Thrive Deeper. It's your old pal DJ Payne here. And on this fortnight's episode, our good friend and pastor Matthew Jacoby and I sit down and we begin. This is part one in a three-part series as we journey into the book of Job, this amazing book in the Old Testament. I'm so excited. I know I say it every other week, but... This is one of my favorite books in the Bible, and I love going through this story. It tells us so much and laid such a great foundation about the way we think about God and Satan and our suffering in the world. This is an amazing, amazing journey. I'm glad you're with us. Keep on listening. I've got some important announcements for you that I'll share with you halfway through this week's episode. But right now, let's get into it. The Book of Job, Part 1, on this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matt, we've gone from, in one sense, the end of the book on our last episode of Thrive Deeper. Mm -hmm. We finished the book of Revelation. Yeah. And now we're going almost to the beginning of the book, to the beginning of the story. Yes. In one sense. In one sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you're, of course, talking about the book of Job and the fact that the book of Job is uh, set in a very early stage. Yep. In the story, even though it's not really part of the sto- story, it's it's a bit adjunct to the story. Yeah, it's 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 almost like I consider it like a, a bit of a foundation or a prologue to the narrative that begins with Abraham. Yeah, again, I, I don't think it, it, it's it's not actually intended to fit into that story as yeah. such. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's more of a uh, it belongs to the Book of Job belongs to the wisdom literature. And it plays a role within that wisdom literature, which is really about the whole thing, even though it's fairly, it seems clearly based on uh, or situated in that early stage. Yes. Somewhere. Yeah. In, and not even in the land of Israel. No. No, it's there's no. in the east. Yes. In some, Uz, you know, the land of Uz. Where is that? We have no uh, idea. We don't really know. Maybe down in the region of Edom, you know, southeast. Yes. Uh, maybe Northeast, up in Syria, yeah, possibly. There's a few different ideas around. There's a few it. different ideas. So we're doing. We're starting the next three episodes. This episode and the next two episodes around the book of Job. Yes, that we're going through in the Thrive Daily Reading Guide. I, for one, am excited about the book of Job mm. because uh, it is such a dense book. I remember growing up reading the Bible, and and the book of Job was both. How do I express this in the right way? Exciting because of the the beginning and the end of the book of Job was really mm. exciting to me growing yeah. up. But then all the middle part was so dense. So it was always like this mysterious book because I realized pretty quickly that a lot of these people that are speaking all the speeches in the book of Job are not exactly to be taken yeah, literally right, yeah. and commands for me to live my life. Yeah. Some of these are really wrong ideas. Yeah. And so it's Which always- Which is the part of the point. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it was it was 
almost for me growing up, I would say my beginning understanding about the concept of philosophy was birthed in the book of Job. Yeah, that's right. So as you come to the book of Job, what's your history with it? What's your take on it? What are you excited about it for? Um, Well, I really love this book. Uh, In fact, it has one of my favourite verses in the Bible uh, in it, which is um, towards the end where Job says, surely I spoke of things (laughs) I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. Yeah, yeah. You know that that for me is 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 the sort of catch cry of my life. Yeah, I feel. Um, I also I also love the fact that that Job does something quite different to any other part of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, so it is a wisdom book, and it is very philosophical in nature. Mm. So it's it's very close, in fact, to something like the Socratic dialogues that Plato wrote. So Plato. Um, okay. Uh, brings out all of his philosophy in dialogue form, mm. where he has um, Socrates as a as a speaker, and then other speakers, and then they debate things. Mm. Um, and it's very much like that because it's a kind of a dialogue, and yet it's very poetic as well. Mm. Uh, the whole way that there are these poetic expressions of different points of view, and of course, uh, Job deals with one of the most pressing issues of life. It's it's very um, poignant in that it deals with the problem of suffering. Yeah. And, you know, Job suffers terribly, is trying to understand why this is. And so it, it's dealing with an issue that is an issue throughout uh, throughout the biblical story in some way. Yeah. Um, of course, in Deuteronomy, there is there are the blessings and curses. And if you do the right thing, you'll be blessed. And if you do the wrong thing, you'll be cursed. And um, that is... <clears throat> that is, that carries through, and in an ultimate sense, that is true. Yeah, and I say in an ultimate sense, that may not be. You know, we may not be blessed uh, in this life necessarily, but ultimately, it is true. Yeah. Well, Job is dealing with this life, and and the and the reason for what, why do good people uh, yeah. suffer and some and even perhaps bad people uh, don't yeah exactly it's, that kind of thing. it's it's some big questions being asked in this book so let's let's do an overview and i just wanted to touch on really really quickly this book has been so influential in western culture and thought it has in fact um university lit- university literature courses sometimes have the book of job yeah. as a piece of literature mm. because it's very literary in its in its quality it has these as i said these poetic uh, moments right throughout it. it. It has a very literary structure. You've got the opening prologue that sets up the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a, a kind of play. Yeah, set up like a play. Uh, Alfred Lord, here's a few. Here's a few uh, recommendations. Five star reviews. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Of the Book of Job. Alfred Lord Tennyson uh, called it the greatest poem of ancient or modern times. Mm. So basically the greatest poem of all time. Uh, we also see it directly influencing, uh, you know, some great writers. Some of your favourites, I know, Matt. Mm. Um, the Russian writer uh, Dostoevsky. Yeah, Dostoevsky, yeah. Yeah, he, 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 you know, the themes yeah. of Job come up in especially one of his uh, books. The Brothers Karamazov. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for being able to pronounce all those Russian yeah, yeah. words. I can't. Uh, William Blake uh, illustrated the entire book of Job. Like, um, you know, there's been plays, writings, even up until recently, works and literary works about the book of Job 
keep winning awards. Like it is known as one of the most foundational, uh, as you say, books about wisdom, about life, about the thoughts, about who God is. Carl Jung, some of real young fans say that his work on the book of Job is the greatest thing that he ever wrote. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he really- yeah, I got that actually uh, about a year ago. It's sitting in my <laughs> shelf. I haven't looked at it yet, but yeah, Carl, Carl Jung's book on Job. Yeah. And it's a, and, and again- And I, I, can I add to that list? Yeah. If uh, it, the Tree of Life, the film, the Terence Malick film, definitely uh, is based on the Book of Job, and I see your Tree, tree of Life film, <laughs> and I give you another film, uh, the Cohen Brothers, A Serious Man. Uh, right. Cohen, Cohen Brothers, you know, the duo who's given us so many great movies and some of my favourite films, very black comedy, yeah. you know, not as, not as self-serious yeah. as uh, as Malick, yeah. but A Serious Man is like a modern Jewish retelling, when I say modern, set like in the 60s or 70s, yeah. of, so, of a guy who is plagued by circumstances beyond his control and what is res- yeah, it's right. a very it's a very different take on it uh if you're up for Cohen brothers and you like their films I really recommend yeah. a serious man I I love what Terence Malick does with this cuz at the start of the film you've got this scene where there's clearly been a loss yes. the loss of a child yes and and at the start it's got a quote from Job um at the start mm. so that's kind of the key clue and then you've got this scene of loss and then it goes back to the Big Bang, yeah, and and follows the whole know, process it is, it through is, in yeah. in this amazing cinematography and oh. and uh, special effects and yes. and it it puts it all in context and then it follows another kind of line of reflection, you know, the kind of tension between nature and grace and yeah. uh, the mother's grace and the father represents nature and it's the sort of tension. It's kind of doing a Job like thing, looking exploring that tension. Yeah, I love it. Another film. Uh, by here we go. By my uh, one of my favourite filmmakers, yes. the uh, Russian on- Andrei Zviaginstev. Oh yes, um, he uh, made a film called Leviathan, which is uh, based around. Uh, some themes in Job. I was about it's, it's list. It was on my yeah. list here. Uh, so that's that's the modern culture. So yeah. I want to I want to let everybody know. You might come into this book. I know some people come into this book with a bit of trepidation, mm. but I want to let you know. Hey, it's important for a reason. If you can get through it, yeah, you're going to be rewarded for it. Yeah, you know, you're going to be rewarded for it. It's it's the biblical answer to the most commonly raised objection to belief in God. The other, the other, um, and again, the other side of it is amongst other religions, uh, the book of Job is held very high. And I know we're not, you know, that yep. doesn't really mean much for us. Uh, whether it's the Quran or other uh, Middle Eastern beliefs, the book of Job or, yep. the, or even the person of Job yep. is held in high yeah. regard as either a, you know, a saint, a prophet or, or mm. someone close to God. So it's, it's, it's a very important book. <laughs> Now and and for me it's foundational and I'll go back to where I'm coming from Matt because I want you to answer answer this a little bit. We don't know really who wrote it. No. You know, uh, some traditions say it came it was it was one of the one of the uh books that Moses and his team collected. Uh, other people say it came a lot later. You know, there's a lot of different tradition and and, and things. The language in the book of Job very different to the mm. ra- language of the rest of the rest of the Bible, rest of the Old Testament in particular. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, even the, the writing st- structure and everything like that, it's very well thought out. I, the reason why I'll go back to one of my original statements that I see it as very foundational is because I really do, in my brain, in my Bible nerd, and, mm. and again, we've mentioned this countless times before, I was growing up in a very dispensationalist 
uh, tradition. Mm. This went here, this went there, and this book went here. Mm. So my understanding was the book of Job was in this period before God made a covenant with Abraham. Mm. So I see God relating to Job in a very different way that yeah. he does. And, and it's almost, again, um, from what I've read on the on the like the the cheat notes of Carl Jung, yeah, um, he he sort of says the same thing. He's like, and again, I don't I don't want to. This is not what I believe, but yeah. this is his expression of it. It's almost like God learnt from this experience. Well, I'm not going to do that again. I need to do something different. You know what? I'll I'll make a covenant promise with the people and do something. You know, and, and it's sort of like out of out of the Book of Job, everyone learnt something, including God. And we, now again. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for thanks for that. <laughs> Again, I haven't read the Jung book, and I'm not a big fan of Carl Jung in that way. But it's it's in in my I, I, when I read those like you know cheat notes on his book, I went, man, that's almost what I took away from it as a kid. Mm. That that the book of Job is so mysterious and impersonal, and God is this you know mm. entity out there, and Job doesn't really g- yeah. get to see a lot of the things. And then when we get to Abraham, it's a completely different relationship. And then when we get to Moses, it's even deeper. And then it yeah. sort of builds from there. So yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it it's certainly set in that period. Yes. Uh, and there are, there are a number of, of indications um, of a patriarchal setting, um, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily written in that setting. Yes. Uh, you know we. Look, look. This could be. This could be a. You know, the story could have been passed down. Yes. First, first of all, I think it's it's worth just saying. Uh, some people treat a Job as just a, a fictional character, a parable, like it's a yeah, big like, parable. like a parable. Yeah. Uh, I, I would I would see Job as a historical figure, partly because Ezekiel refers to yes. um, Daniel, Job, and Noah. Mm-hmm refers to them as real as real people. Yep. So certainly in the biblical tradition, he, he was a real person and it mm. was known. So so by the time of Ezekiel, mm. which is in the exile, mm. uh, Job is is known. And some traditions would say that was the time Ezekiel and his team were the ones that wrote down the oral tradition or the scraps or yeah, whatever yeah. they had. That of, put it together. Yeah. And, and but certainly the the story may have been there. Now it it belongs, and also James, by the way, refers to Job. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that you know refers to what does he say? The suffering of Job, or something like that, yeah. in James yeah. chapter five. Um, and so, it is, and it is quoted in, and it is referred back to and quoted in other books of the Bible as well. Not just those two. Or? Uh, it's those are the main two okay. references. I don't know of any other. Okay, um, but that's enough to say. Yeah, yeah. It, look, the, the, in a biblical point of view, this guy's historical. Mm. Um, the story, though, is very literary, um, and and it's it's poeticized in the sense that all the speeches are given a poetic render. And, yes, yes. And I think that's a beautiful thing, actually, yeah. about the book is that yeah. the way the story is structured, and um, so and, and, and even and even for a literalist like me, you know, I'm I am yeah. a hardcore literalist. Yeah. I want my first yeah. reaction is this is a this is a, a, a like someone to press record yeah, on, yeah, the, on the action, yeah. and we're getting a literal thing. Even for someone like me, I go, well, I think this might yeah. be a stylized rendering yeah. of you know this might yeah. be a beautiful painting rendition of a, a yeah, of, of, a, of, of, of an actual act- yeah. actually happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Um, I think this belongs to a kind of line of reflection that probably 
comes about later in Israel's history when when the uh, the blessing and the neat blessing and curse formula looked like it wasn't um, working out so well. So you see this Definitely. theme in in a number of bits of biblical literature. The book of Habakkuk uh, is a book that struggles with why are we you know why do, are evil doers being yep. seemingly blessed and why are we being punished? Yep. You know, and then he goes on that famous poem, though there be no fruit in the vine, you know. Yeah. No, no, whatever in the stalls. Yet yes. will I rejoice in the Lord. Um, and then Psalm seventy-three as well is like the Book of Job in a Psalm. Mm. You know, it's about this man who's suffering terribly, and why are you know all of this godless people are being blessed, and why am I seemingly cursed? And then he has this encounter with God, very much like Job, mm-hmm. and um, uh, recognizes that he has God, and that's enough in a yeah. sense. And so. <clears throat> so th- there's a period there where, where, which I think is also the sort of heyday of this this wisdom tradition that comes from Solomon yes. and develops from that period, and somewhere there, this wisdom tradition emerges. Yeah, and and it belongs somewhere. I would suggest it belongs somewhere in that period. Yeah. Okay. And um, and it's important that you know, even though it's not, uh, you know, we love to as Protestants, you know, do you know, scripture interpret scripture type of thing, and we want the interpretation to come out of out of the Bible itself. The idea of a wisdom, and it's a very common idea, you yeah. know, that's been around for the last couple of hundred years. This wisdom literature part of the Bible. I mean, the Bible doesn't, you know, the Old Testament doesn't say, and now here's the wisdom yeah. literature. In fact, if anything, the Bible says. The entire Bible is 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 wisdom, yeah. but we in our modern you know wanting to categorize things in the Bible, we pull out the Book of Proverbs, yeah. the Book of Ecclesiastes, yeah. uh, Song of Solomon, depending on yeah, which way yeah, you want to yeah. cut it cut it up, um, and Job. Uh, you know, sometimes people add some other stuff in there as well, but uh, and there are a know, number of wisdom psalms as well, exactly yeah. as in. This this category of wisdom literature in yeah. the Bible, uh, and you know, even though you know that's a little bit whatever, I, I do think it's helpful because those three books together, especially you know the three basic ones, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job, read together, I think they give you a fuller picture of the wisdom of God. Yeah, they, they they do, and and I mean, this is something I I had a look at the Bible Project summary of yeah. of Job, and they place it firmly within Proverbs, which is very much the formulaic: if you do the right thing, you'll be blessed; if you don't, you'll be cursed. Yes, and then Ecclesiastes, which complains about the fact that that's not true, n- none of that seems <laughs> to work, and then Job, that kind of gives an answer to that. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's. That neat, actually. Yeah, it's, not, it's definitely not. And it's <laughs> I funny. Thought that was a little too neat. And it's funny listening to shout out to the Bible Project guys, uh, listening to their more recent th- thoughts around the Book of Job and wisdom literature. They've actually said, "I think we cut it up a little too neat in that video." Mm. They've actually re- recognised that, you know, it's a little bit. It's a real narrow way of looking at it, the way that they presented it. Yeah. But for an entering understanding, like a foundational understanding, I think it's a good step. Then as you yeah yeah I think that's as yeah. you progress yeah. in the Bible you realize hang on it's all a bit bigger than this yeah sometimes simplistic frameworks are good as a start yes amen um, amen so so the basic structure of the book of Job and I guess this is how we'll we'll cover it over the next is, three episodes over yeah. the next three episodes is you've got the prologue mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of 
stuff there to discuss, and we'll focus on that yep. today. And then you've got the the discussion between the friends, the interaction. There's three friends initially, yeah. yep. and then uh, Job kind of answers, and they're trying to give reasons, and yeah. and then there's a, an, another young guy comes in at the end, yes, making a little bit more sense. But um, so that that's kind of a whole section, the discussion, yes, and then. At the end, the final section is when God turns up. God shows up. And, and that, I love that bit. <laughs> that's the exciting bit. And I don't want to rush into that bit no. because I really hate one – again, shout out to the Bible Project, but a lot of teachers who talk about the book of Job, they give away the ending straight away. And I think that really, as, a, as someone who loves narrative and movies and storytelling, yep. I'm like, you're spoiling the end of the story. What are yeah. you doing? And I, and I think it's important that we sit – you know, in in the tragedy and the mystery of it for so long yeah. that when the end happens, we are like, whoa, it really means yeah. something to us. Yeah. Um and I'm and, and I've I've actually I used to do this at Bible college all the time. Uh and and if you're um if you're wanting to Go deeper in a, in a in a book of the Bible. This is something that a few of my and I'd love to know what you, mm. what your tradition says, Matt. That my teachers way back in the day, they said if you want to understand a book a little bit better, you know, look at other narratives and 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 um, you know, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, commentaries and things mm. like that. But once you've looked at all them, put them to one side, sit down with the with the Bible with with the book itself, and write your own outline. Okay. How would you break it down as in like, yeah. you know, an outline yeah. there? Now, the book of Job is really easy. It's a great starter one to yeah. do this because it's a really clearly outline yeah. narrative, you know, type of thing. So I've written my own outline, you know, the huh. DJ outline yeah. here of the book of Job. I'm going to put that up in the show notes yeah, of this episode on, on the website there. Yeah, so if you want to see that and, and how it how it breaks down, and it's a beautifully broken down, structured literary work. Um, and we're going to get into the, like you said, you know, this this one is just going to be the first two chapters. There's so much here to unpack mm. in the first yep. two chapters, uh, you know, and then we get into what I call round one, round two, round three, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with Job going back and forth with his friends and finally his youngest friend turns up. We'll get into this when we get that interesting point about the youngest friend that I found out today. He's the only one with a Jewish name. Right, okay. Yeah, and he's the yeah. only one that has a bit more wisdom. <laughs> Than the uh. others, and he's the only one that God doesn't say you're wrong. Yeah, you know. So interesting, interesting thought about that. And then finally, in that final act, is God shows up. A discussion between God yep. and Job, and then the final conclusion we we find out there. So I'm looking forward to going yeah, through yeah. that yep. over the next yep. few episodes. So as we launch into um, into launch into the first uh, you know couple of chapters here, we are introduced straight off the back yeah. to the to, to the character Job. That's right, to Job. So Job is a, a blameless and upright man. Um, he lives in the land of Uz. Now we've already said uh, that we, we don't really know where that is, but uh, it, it is referred to elsewhere in uh, in scripture, mm. um, and it seems to be either the two main options are either. Down in the land of Eden, yes, uh, or in Syria. It's not Eden. Um, Edom, sorry, Edom, Edom not yep. Edom. Edom. Yeah, uh, it is. There's a sense that he lives in the east, though, and and this yes. is an interesting point because the whole wisdom tradition is often pictured as coming from the east. Yeah, uh, and and so Job kind of lives here in yes. this place. Yeah. Now this is interesting because he's not part of the sort of covenant line. No. Nope. Uh, he's just a person out there. 
and not just any I, per, not just any person. Uh, one of the greatest, yeah, of I, these of these right. wise men, successful men of the yeah, East. Yeah, that's right. And and I think I think it shows that God is not sort of limited to just this family line or, or this uh, people group. I mean, God is working primarily through His, uh, you know, through the nation of Israel and then through the church and then. In, in, Nation of Israel in the Old Testament, and then the Church yeah. in the New Testament. But that doesn't mean that he has no dealings with people that don't are separated from that, or have never heard, or yes. have, you know, because here you have Job who has this relationship with God, and he just stands right outside the main story. And I think yeah. uh, I love that first of all. Um, and, and 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 the introduction to Job as this wise and great wise person who's uh, blameless. He feared God. He's doing the right thing. Straight away, you are you are brought into the thinking that you get in the Book of Proverbs. You do things right. You deal fairly yeah. with people, and God gives you success. That's right. And yeah. we see that. Well, he's got lots of success. That's right. And you 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 see this, the fact that he has. Uh, all of these possessions, yes. and he's obviously blessed. And he was the greatest man, it says, among all the peoples of the East. Wow. Um, so this is in this sort of in the East. Now, this is interesting, again, the, the sort of reference to the East, because the East is often where a lot of the trouble came from. And, yeah. uh, and so I just find that interesting, again, that here in the midst of the East is this godly man, as well yeah. as the fact that, you know, as I said, it's where the, the kind of wisdom tradition yeah. uh, hails from. So uh, you know he he makes sacrifices for his children just in case they, after their parties and whatever, mm. he's he's concerned with making things right. He offers burnt offerings now again. That in the context of the Bible yeah. that makes some sense, but he's not doing that within any particular yeah. uh, law. No, he's just doing that sort of intuitively. And it's interesting that in in all different kinds of religions around the world, yeah, this inclination, innate sort of sense that we need to make things right with God and often sacrifice mm. is a way of doing that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting to note that even in religions other, other, that are quite different and, and disconnected and we from definitely, each other. And we definitely see that practice in the Bible before you know, yeah, God calls right. people to do yeah. it. We see, you know, right from the very beginning, yep. uh, God calling Cain and Abel, uh, you know, to, to do that type of thing. We see Noah responding to God when he wants to make a relationship. There's a sacrifice. You know, we see these different things. And so Job's in that yeah, sort of right. uh, that, that area there, yeah. realizing that in some way in the, in, in the God-creator world that he's living in, yeah. you, you sacrifice an animal to yeah. God for the sins you know, in in asking God to 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 excuse those sins. Yeah, that's right. So you know? there's some innate sense here that that there's something that needs to be paid for. Yeah. Um. So and, and you know, in some ways, this is a this is a little a faint little Christological moment, perhaps here with the with the offering. Uh, perhaps that could be pushing it. But what do you mean by that? Flesh uh, it out. In the sense that there there is in in Job there is this sort of innate sense that a payment needs to be made. Yes. And he makes this to God in the belief that God will accept this yes. payment. Amen. Well, yeah. uh, you know, God, anyone who was ever forgiven by God, even those that never are not in the biblical tradition or even perhaps never heard of Christ, yeah. uh, if they were, if they have or had a relationship with God, it, it is only because of Christ. Yeah. 
because Christ made that possible exactly. for people to be forgiven. And you're bringing you're bringing almost one of my you know like I've said uh, you know uh, the, the New Testament wisdom book of Hebrews almost yeah. you know you're bringing that to bear that it wasn't it, the fact that he was killing animals the animal didn't take away the sin yeah. it was his faith that God one day would be able to you know would be able to yeah. you know, to, to do that and yeah. through through Christ it that was happened. his faith that God would accept that for whatever reason yeah uh, but we know uh, the reason is because of what Christ has done. Yeah. So this is not saying that, um, I mean, this is an interesting point. You know, it says that he was up blameless and upright. Mm. Now, of course, theologically, from a New Testament perspective, we would say, ah, oh, but was he sinless? Of no, course no, that's, not. Yeah, that's, yeah. Not the, that's not the point uh, here, really. He, mm. he, the point here is that he, his life warrants the blessing of God in, mm. the, in the kind of deuteronomic sense that the blessings and curses sense okay mm. he walks with god yeah that's that's the point yeah and we're given the amount mm. of uh you know you beautiful round numbers of his sheep his camels yep. his oxen his yep. donkeys he had many servants he's got seven sons and three daughters you know they are all in good relationship with, with one another they're in good standing they celebrate together you know job is part of their lives he's purifying yep. them you know they're all you know they're taking turns celebrating uh with each other and it's like like if we stop the story right now, <laughs> it's all yeah, it's all good. It's, it's fantastic. Right. But it's interesting to note what now happens in the story because we, well, something happens here that's very much like the Book of Revelation. Yeah, yeah. Where we you know come up here. God says to John, and I'll show you uh, the control room of the universe. Yes. Uh, in the heavenly realms, and yeah. so in, you know, John in the Book of Revelation is taken up into the sort of heavenly courtroom. Yeah. And the same thing, we get the same picture and, and, and on, on Job our, 1. On our sister podcast, on our other podcast, Thrive Perspectives, mm. we've just finished a series on the spiritual realm yep. and spiritual beings. Yep. And this plays perfectly yeah, it does. Into, yep. into what we're doing yep. there. So let's take a quick break uh, because we're about to go into heaven. All right, okay. let's take a quick break. And, and this is where the action really takes place. Uh, so we'll be back in just a minute with the book of Job here on Thrive Deeper. Family, it's your old buddy, your old pal, your old mate DJ Payne here. And please do not fast forward this bit. I know some of you attempted to fast forward through my middle section here so you can get back into the good stuff. But trust me, I've got something really important I want to share with you today. Firstly, head over to Thrive Today. TV. That's our home online. We've done a big refresh of the website. It's really different. And the best part about it is that you have an opportunity to partner with us as a financial supporter. And uh, 
this this is so important. The ministry that we work on here at Thrive goes out to so many hundreds of people around the world, and we can't do that without your financial support. So please head over to thrivetoday.tv. You'll see an opportunity to do that. Now, secondly, I wanted to share with you that next Friday, a week from when this episode is going out, on the 28th of August, 2020, on the 28th of August, next Friday, is the next episode of our sister podcast, Thrive Perspectives. Now, this is a very special episode of Thrive Perspectives, something that I've been wanting to do for a while. It's a big picture of the entire universe, of what it is all about. What is a big picture of this whole God thing, this Christian thing? Who is Jesus? Why did he have to come? Where do we fit into it? It's what in the world is God doing? What is everything all about? I know there's some pretty big questions. <laughs> what is what is the uh, the big picture of everything? But we're going to attempt that on the next episode of Thrive Perspectives. And the reason why we want to do that, and I'm letting you know, is because we want you to have something, a tool in your tool chest, something that you can use to give to that family member, to give to that friend, that work colleague, one episode, one hour of a conversation that sort of outlies what this whole Christianity thing is all about and makes it really simple to understand. That's our goal. And I want you to be praying now about who God would have you share that with. Don't blanket it over everybody. Don't shout it from the rooftops. But I want you to I want you to think of one person that when this episode comes out, you can have a listen to it. And you can share it with them. We've got a really exciting plan around that. So please head over to Thrive Perspectives. Subscribe to that in your podcast, listening, device, app, whatever you use. Because next week we've got a really special episode. All right, that's enough from me for now. Uh, Let's get back into the book of Job as we begin this journey over the next few episodes on Thrive Deeper in Job. Back, it is DJ and Matthew. We are on Thrive Deeper. It's our hundred and second episode, and we are beginning our deep dive into one of the most amazing books in the Old Testament, the Book of Job. Now, Matt, we've just given uh, people the introduction to uh, to Job himself. That really just covers the first five verses of chapter yep. one uh, of of Book of Job, and now in verse six in chapter one, we you know, zoom cut, you know, pan up from from Job there on earth into the heavenly realm. Yeah. And so what is pictured here is a kind of heavenly courtroom where all of these spiritual beings referred to. Now, in the NIV, it says in verse 6, one day the angels Mm -hmm. uh, came, but the Hebrew... in, literally in Hebrew, it's the sons of God came, yeah. and, and that's how it's translated in, for example, the ESV, which is a more literal translation. And then in in an in interpretive style, like the NLT does, the New Living Translation. I like the NLT rendering of this. Read it. It, it says, one day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's a great yeah. uh, sort of dynamic translation because that's what's happening. It's exactly. A, it paints a great picture. Uh, that is what's happening. So there's a kind of heavenly court. The sons of God, well, one of the one of the issues with the word with angels is that um, as 
um, Michael Heiser points out in his book, The Unseen Realm, we talked about that in the other podcast. In perspectives, yeah. yeah. Is that angels is a function. It, yeah. it, um, it, there's, it's a certain role, a, a messenger. So it seems, and, and it's a, there's some evidence that there's some kind of hierarchy amongst spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. Okay. So look, first of all, the, there's not just God in the heavenly realms. There are God and other spiritual beings, often referred to as Elohim. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> now Which that, is the same word that we, we translate yeah. sometimes in the Old Testament yeah. to God. To God. That's right. So Elohim actually is uh, a, a kind of a spiritual being. Yes. An Elohim. Now, God is the Elohim, the ultimate God, and there is none like him. And the Elohim of Elohim. That's you right. Know, the, the, the top of that's, his class. That's the, the, the way the, it's put. That's yeah. right. Um, so these other spiritual beings are nothing like God. They're an, yeah. They are created beings. And here we see them coming and uh, forming a, a kind of advisory court, not advisory court, a, a, a sort of a participatory court where they yeah. participate in sort of managing the world. This is the sense that you get. And this is this is a picture that when, you know, this is my big takeaway for the last two episodes we've done on Thrive Perspectives, yeah. really deep diving into the spiritual realm. Yeah. And and it's and it's helped me got, got a better understanding, if I my little brain will ever yeah. get a better understanding yeah. of the person of of God, the Yahweh himself, yeah. right? He operates his his what the part of his beating you know, passion or heart of what he, of who he is, is wanting to operate in relationship yeah. with his created beings. Yeah, both us here in this realm, but in the spiritual realm, he does the same thing. He wants to deal this in relationship yeah. and bring those into his. You know, and yeah, that's, that's what right. he does with the spiritual realm. That's right. Yeah, and so uh, here you have these sons of God, as they're called, and they're presiding in this heavenly court, and then we have this. The Satan, uh, wow, rocks up, and, and it is. It's Satan means accuser, so the accuser. Um, now, there's some there's some debate around who this is. Some people uh, say that look the traditional view and the view that I hold. I put that straight uh, up front. Yeah. Is that this is Satan as in the devil? Yeah. And and that I think is the most popular view in evangelical circles. With with I, w- I would sit there yeah. with you, yeah. Um, but some have questioned that and suggested that no, no, this is just a prosecuting spirit. Yes. Um, that that also actually is the view that Michael Heiser takes in, mm-hmm. in the unseen realm, and I and he has reasons for and, it, and he has reasons for that. Um, my, the reason I would disagree with that is um, first of all because of what we see Satan is mentioned a couple of other times in the, in the. Um, narrative is in in the story around David, yes. uh, where David was incited, and Zechariah, Book okay. of Zechariah. Uh, now, in both of those cases, I, I do actually think it is actually Satan, the devil, uh, and I would connect that with the, with the being who turns up in the garden. Okay, yes, who is also Satan. Yeah. Now, I think that's evident from the way. From what he actually is being said here, exactly. So, I, I think if, if there's if a kind a, of challenge here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. And again, recommend that you go listen to the other two episodes about yeah. the spiritual realm. We go into it a lot deeper. Satan is not his name. In fact, this entity that rebels against God and wants to take humanity down that we call Satan is not ever named in yeah, scripture. Right. Yeah. He is given. He is given 
you know, things like the old dragon, uh, the red dragon, uh, the Satan, yep. the accuser, yep. the devil, the then, adversary, the adversary. In the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, you know, and even even um, some people would go, well, he was a fallen angel, and his real name is Lucifer. Well, not really, if you actually deep, d- yep. you know, deep yep. dive into it, <laughs> yep. uh, as in that's his name, you know, type of thing. Yep. So we don't really know his name. But this, you and I are both saying that the 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 this entity. The Satan yeah. is the one that we traditionally yeah. would think of as the devil, the overriding um, prince of of this you know this this realm who is orchestrating and organizing this rebellion against yeah. God. Yeah. So the question that that raises for some people who think that this isn't Satan is what is he doing here in the heavenly court? Hmm. Well. Uh, I think there's a very good answer to that is that he is accountable. I mean, this is a, this is uh, something, a very strong theological point that yeah. he is actually accountable to God. He can do nothing uh, other than what God allows. And that's, we see that to be true of all evil spirits, yep. all of these fallen rebellious spiritual beings. We see that to be true all the way through the, through the entire scripture. And especially mm-hmm. played out in the book of Revelation. Yeah, that's right. Re- the, Revelation, It's this is a big part of Revelation. Yeah. When God says, and like right here, when God says, okay, heavenly beings, present yourselves to me, yeah. Satan has no choice than turning up. Yeah. So we get a similar, we get a similar scene to this in um, the story of Ahab yes. and Jehoshaphat mm-hmm. when they're thinking about well, we, they're wondering whether they should go to a, go into a certain battle, and Micaiah the prophet comes, yeah. and he has this vision. He said, "I had this vision of the heavenly realms, and you know, and and God was discussing with his angelic, yeah. with his spiritual beings. Yeah. Uh, I, I take it, take away the word angelic. They're just yes. spiritual beings, and you know, what should we do here? And one spiritual being says, "I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouths of the prophet of the of the false prophets to you know deceive Ahab so that he goes to his death because he's not willing to listen to God. Yeah. So, in a sense, this this spirit says, "Hand him over to me. Let, yeah. let me have it. Hand, hand it over and to God me." Says, and I God will says, hand, "Okay, yeah, I hand him over." And to very me. clearly, this is a lying spirit. So yeah. this is not a this not, is, a, not a good. Yeah. Not a heavenly, heavenly right. creature. And then also we read about King Saul that God's yeah. an evil spirit from the Lord, yeah. it says, yeah. in First uh, Samuel 19 verse 9, mm. tormented King Saul. So an evil spirit from the Lord. So so God is, um, is using these evil spirits, f- like they do what they do for their own irrational pur- yes. evil purposes. Yes. But ultimately... God is in control. Now, that's an important perspective yeah. here, actually, for the book of Job. And this is it. This is a major- Because God is sovereign in this book. A major foundational element here as we go into the book of Job. And and it's important to remember, as we're setting up this scene in heaven, and we now get, we now get introduced to, uh, you know, the Satan and, you know, the Lord of Lords here. Yeah. This is a scene that Job isn't seeing. No, that's right. Job is minding his own business. Yeah. Job is doing what he believes to be the right thing to do yeah. down there. And this is almost like in a comic book. Meanwhile, in heaven. Yeah. And we and, and this is an amazing and it sort of gives a hint to what's going to happen at the end. Yeah. There's something vastly bigger. This spiritual realm yeah. is really where the decisions yeah, are, right. are made. Yeah. So, you know, and I think that is it. That's 
one of the great things about this book is that it reminds us that we live our lives here mm. in the midst of a spiritual battle. Spiritual battle. Yeah. Uh, that we, we are, there is a universe of spiritual activity yeah. in the unseen realm around our lives, mm. often with respect to our lives mm. that we don't see or hear. And that's one of the perspectives. Now, that's not, um, someone said to me recently, because I pointed out the fact that God actually doesn't never gives an answer to Job's su- Job suffering. Don't spoil the ending. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, but and, and someone said to oh, no, it does, because it, ex- it gives this scene at the start. Yeah. But this actually isn't an answer, because there's no... No. no. It doesn't answer this, this, why God will... In one sense, this is the paradox of the, of the book of Job, and the paradox of a lot yeah. of the Bible is that even though we are given an answer, as in we get to see in heaven the reason behind it, yeah. it, it, had, it gives us so many more questions. That's right. It leads to more questions. The, so, what we're given is a bigger perspective, yes. but not an answer. So, right here in verse 7, the Lord, Yahweh there on, on, you know, from the throne yeah. says, oh, Satan, uh, you know, where have you come from? And this is, this is what I think. And and the personality of this entity really really gives ourselves gives gives up I believe gives away the fact that this is the Satan yeah, this yeah. is the one because his attitude here and I love the way different yeah. translations you know portray this out here uh, he says huh, I've been patrolling the earth you know watching what everything you know doing going wherever I want to go yeah. doing whatever I want to do watching what's going yeah, on that's right and the boast here. And this, I think, is important context for what God says next, because Satan is boasting and saying, "I can go wherever I want yeah. in this uh, in this earthly realm." Yeah. Why? Because human beings gave me permission. Yeah, and that that this is what brings us back to Genesis chapter three. Exactly. What actually happens there by yielding to that temptation? Human beings join that spiritual rebellion. Join that. A rebellion against yep. God, yep. and and so in a sense, Satan can and and these rebellious spirits can kind of hide under the cover of human authority. So yep. there's a sense in which, by now controlling human beings, mm. Satan has free reign of the earth, yeah. kind of through their authority. Yeah, and so Jesus refers to Satan as the prince of this world. Yeah, now very clearly in Genesis. One, it was human beings created as the children of God, the image bearers of God. And, you know, we are to be the prince of this world. And yet that's now been abdicated over to Satan. And so he's boasting about yeah. that here. You know, and he say, I can go wherever I want. Why? Because, you know, I control these human beings yeah. and they've given me permission, which leads to verse eight. Yeah. Well, and, and again, it's really important here because this, this Satan is basically saying, I'm, I've come from where I can patrol. I've come from my... You know, this is my place doing what, you know, like he's really putting it in his face, putting in God's yeah. face and the rest of the heavenly, heavenly yeah. call. And we should point out that God can't destroy him without destroying human beings. Yeah. Because, because God is honoring the authority that he gave to human beings. Yeah. He put them in charge. Yeah. And, and what they say goes. That's got, when God empowers, he doesn't disempower. You know, yeah. um, it says in Romans 11, 29, I think, the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. He doesn't yeah. take it back. Yeah. So when human beings said, oh, yeah, Satan will join you and you can stay, yeah. he stays. Yeah. And, and God, and this and God is, in a sense, honors that. Yep. Yeah. For decision. a purpose. And again, for a purpose. For a bigger purpose. And, and I believe we are seeing one of the foundational cornerstone understandings about 
why this is all going to play out the way that it plays out, yeah. that we read throughout our history and in the world. So then, now this is where a lot of people start scratching their head. Verse 8, it is the Lord who asks Satan. It's not the other way around. Yeah. The Lord asks Satan, huh, so uh, have you noticed uh, my good friend Job down here? Yeah. And it's like, and, and, and now those of us who've read the story a few times, when we go back to this part, we go, zip it, God, don't <laughs> say, why bring him up? What are you doing? Leave him out of yeah. it. And and the reason here, I think, is because Job has just boasted yeah. that he has free reign on the earth, yeah. that he's in, you know, and I think implicitly then that he's he has this level of control. Yeah. And so- God's saying, uh, no, actually, no. you don't control this one. Exactly. And that's exactly. what's going on here. Yeah. And so Satan wants to say, oh, no, yes, I am, actually. I mm. do. He's not mm. really with you. He's with me. Yeah. So this is actually a contest oh. over who is Job with. Yeah. Is he... Because the, Satan's challenge is, no, he's only with you conditionally. Yeah. He's we, only, not genuinely, he's with you because you, you bless him and you give him all of this stuff. And we see that, we see that sliminess, that smarminess from him and that real, that attitude, that personality of the Satan here in verse 9. And he says, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's only because he's got good reason. Yeah. He's doing it for protection and your property that you've given him, and you've made him prosper. I said, I tell you right now, if you, you know, if you take away all that, he will be mine. Yeah, that's you right. Know, and it's like and he, it says he will curse you to your face. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, and 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 the, and the scary thing is here, Satan's not making that up. Like I, I, I'm 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 saying that say, that you know that Satan is saying this from experience to yes. God. Yeah, you know, and the heavenly court yeah. and God are looking at him, going, "Well, we've seen this play out before. Yeah. You know, there's th- bad things have happened to people. They curse God and they follow Satan. Yeah. And by cursing God, merely means, um, I guess, taking that divine prerogative into yes. our own hands, saying, "Oh, that's it. I'm going to be the God of my own life." Yeah, uh, that's really what it means to curse God. Yeah. So. Uh, so God says to Satan in verse 12, very well, then everything he has in, is in your hands, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Uh, so here we see God allowing something to happen. Yeah. In the context of this, you know, to, to sort of show something about Job. Yeah. Now, again, like you said, that doesn't really answer the question. It raises more questions. Well, why yeah. is this necessary? Yeah. Uh, now, We'll get to the. We won't give give that away. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the yeah. end. So Satan goes out and basically, to cut a long story short, uh, Job. One messenger comes from one oh. place, another place, another oh. place. All of this has been taken. All of this has been destroyed. Your children have, uh, all have been attacked, and they're all dead. And it's just and it, it, just he and his wife less. Yes. And he's well, and, and every servant says the same thing. You know, this has all happened. All these horrible things have happened. Either raiders have come, lightning has come, a wind has come and crushed everybody. I'm the only one to get out and yeah. bring you this news. Yeah, that's right. You've lost everything. And and Job replies saying, naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. This is one of the most... Profound. Profound and, and famous moments in yeah. the Bible. Yeah. It, it is, it's like this is a moment of amazing devotion to God right here. Yeah. He, he, it's, this is him letting God be God. Yeah. The thing that I tell you something that just riles me, right, yeah. Yeah. is those who would look at that and say, ah, oh, well, see, that's, that's why this happened. Because it's, I don't know if you've heard this no, approach to this uh, before. 
uh, well, they said this is why this happened because of his lack of faith. Like naked I depart, you know, the Lord gave, they say, oh, the Lord gives and the Lord, the Lord never takes away. He just gives. And, and they what? would refer to where Job says in, I think it, uh, a little further on, where Job says, what I feared has come upon me. Yeah. And they would point to that and say, ah, there you go. That's why it happened. Because, because of his fear and his lack of faith, oh. all of this happened. Now, this comes out of the uh, prosperity movement. And, and it, um, totally foreign to yeah, what- The prosperity gospel movement. So I'm just putting that out there because it's just one of the most ridiculous of all the ridiculous things that prosperity because teaches. Because they have to ignore verse 22 of, of chapter 1. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Yeah. Like that's the end of the ch- yeah, chapter yeah, one. That's right. He has everything taken away from him. Satan takes everything away. God gives Satan the ability to kill off his sons and his daughters and any, you know, spouses, grandchildren, anything like that away from them. And in all of that, he goes, you know what? This has all been a blessing that I did not deserve anyway because I came naked. Yeah. I'm going to leave naked. I brought nothing into this world. I can take nothing out of it. Blessed be your name, God. Yep. It's all yours anyway. Yep. And then chapter two. That's right. <laughs> so round two, um, we have a repeat, and this yeah. is the literary quality of this. Another yeah. day the the sons of God came, same, present same. themselves before the Lord. Satan also came with him. Yeah. And again, you get the same dialogue. Where yeah. have you come from? Satan replies from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth in it. Again, God says, have you considered my servant Job? Yeah, same thing. So it's, you know, it's... Um, set up in a very literary manner here. And then uh, God says, um, he is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. That's what he said before. Then he says, and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him, uh, excited, incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Yeah. That's an interesting statement. Oh boy. It is an interesting statement. Uh, It's almost like, it's not. It, and again, I'm going to use that. This is a very bad trans, translation, transliteration yep. here. It's almost like God saying, "Look, even though you tricked me last time, and you made me take away yep. all these stuff, he, he, he's, well, it, he's, he's not. And it's not. And it's yeah, not, it's not again. That. He's not tricked. <laughs> he's not tricked at all. But it's like he's saying, you, 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 uh, you know, we came into this agreement. You know, you provoked me to to say, yeah. okay, you could do it. It was a challenge. I, yeah. I think the right word there is that Satan presented a challenge. Yeah. And God answered that challenge. Yeah. And, and I think it's significant that it says here, though you incited me against him, uh, to ruin him without reason. Yeah. Now, again, if you're coming to this, oh, what, what, what is the reason for this suffering? Yeah. No, no. At a very fundamental level, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're kind of, well... Uh, let me say, at, on one level there isn't a reason, but at a some bigger bigger level, uh, on some ultimate. Well, of course, I mean, a the reason we can see the reason here. It was a challenge about the very deep rooted yeah. question that all humans have. You know, if if bad things happen to us, do we? You know, what does that mean to God? Yeah. And that's what Satan is challenging that narrative. And yeah. God is saying, okay, let's enter into answer this question in this life of Job. Now, is that a reason? Yeah. Well, God Himself says maybe not, but we're going to let it play out. Yeah. And and I think the important thing to point out there is that is that Satan belongs in a sense to the forces of chaos. Okay. Yes. So. Th- th- 
and and the forces of chaos are irrational. There's an irrationality to them. Mm. So Satan is acting irrationally. Yeah. I think that's the point here. So and this is where I think it's important to recognize when we when bad things happen looking for a reason isn't even the, the right way to even think about this because it implies that everything that happens in the world is rational including in some sense. evil and including evil, evil is not rational. No. Evil has no reason. It's it's all part of the world yeah. descending into chaos, right? I, yeah. It's not the way God wants it I to be. hundred percent. So, so I think this validates that sense when suffering comes. It's just bad. Yeah. yeah. And yet, the perspective that we have here is that it belongs to some bigger picture and God allows this for… Part of the story. Part of the story yeah. that only his that only he can grasp. And we get to grasp it here. God is giving us a glimpse to understand why and how and everything like this. Chapter well, we, two. We get part of the picture, obviously, because yeah. it's important in the context of the Book of Job that no no one really can even begin to understand yes. these things. But yeah. Ch- chapter two, verses four and five. Satan, the Satan again replies, and again this is from the New Living Translation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Skin for skin. A man will give up everything he has to save his own life, but you reach out and take away his health and he will surely curse you to a face. Yeah. So, so the two challenges from Satan in the two courtroom scenes that we see in heaven yeah. is two things that I believe are the most important things to most human beings, yeah. my family and my possessions yeah. and my health. Yeah. You know, a lot of adages, a lot of wisdom is out there, uh, you know, common wisdom about, hey, as long as you have your health, you know, as long as you've got your family, as long as, you you know, and Satan is rightly saying, hey, take those two things from him and he will will come to my side. And I think it, it also shows that really the thing that God cares about the most, like way, way beyond those things, it's not like God doesn't care uh, about our, you know, our lives in those ways. But what God really cares about, the ultimate thing, is are you with me or are you not? Yeah. Uh, everything else just fades mm. next to that mm. that point. So Satan, again, departs. Uh, God says, look, you can touch him, do whatever you want to him, just spare his life. You cannot kill him. Yeah. So Satan strikes him with terrible boils from head to feet. Painful sores, yeah. Probably boils, yeah. Oh, you know, sores. They're you know disgusting. You know, you know descriptions of them. You know, like they're pussing, they're oozing, they're mm. all over him. Uh, he is. Um, uh, so Job is 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 uh, sitting in ashes, scraping them with broken pottery. Uh, yeah, it's a, you know, it's you know, a sorry picture. And it, you know, just the absolute. He's he's in the absolute bottom of the barrel. So we mm. think. And even his wife, the one person who got yeah. who, who is there with him, yeah, uh, she loses it. She loses yeah. it, and she's like, "What are you doing? Are you still trying to maintain some integrity? Curse God and die. Just curse God and die. What are you doing? Yeah, like she's obviously miserable. Now, there's there's a I think there's a point here to be made that in all of this, I mean, the the the, the amazing relationship. This is not. This is a very reading between the lines. Yeah, you know thing. As in God, Satan, Satan is allowed to take away all these different elements of his life, but he can't touch his wife. And I think that speaks to, again, this is real yeah. between the lines yeah. stuff, you know, that, that, that real sacred union between a man and a wife. Yeah. 
You know that that you know does in in some things you'd think he'd take away the wife as well, but no, 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 no. Job and his wife are mm, yeah. you know you know yeah. considered by God. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's why again yeah. that's a real between the lines thing. But yeah. anyway, um, so she's no help to him. Um, he says, "Look, again, another amazing thing." Uh, and this reminds me because our our dear you know a very dear friend of ours, um, the late great uh, you know. Um, uh, Richard Beachy, he actually yeah. quoted this verse to me one of the last times I caught up with oh, him. Right. He said, you know, look, should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So yeah. when all of this, Job did nothing wrong. And I was like, you know, yeah. again, that, 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 yeah. that you know, because I, I, again, I, we had a dear friend who, who at a young age was struck down with, with cancer, mm. terminal cancer. And I came to him one time and I basically was playing the foolish wife. I was yeah. like, man. <laughs> you know, aren't you angry? Don't you want to curse guy? Like what? A- and he basically quoted this, and he's like, "Why should I accept just the good things?" Yeah. Of course, you know this. It's yeah. it's all God's. Yeah. And uh, you know, so that again, again, we we get this. And at the end of chapter two here, and we're going to finish off the episode mm. with this. We get the the introduction of another three characters who are going to be really important in the bulk of this book. Yeah, and and they come in, and at this stage, they do the right thing. Oh, they they sit with him. Yeah. Uh, for seven days and seven nights. Yeah. In silence. They, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's some wisdom there. Right there. It's when they open their mouths that things go wrong. Big time. Um, so, I I think here now you're setting up, so there is this kind of silence before the big dialogue. Mm. And even that in the story is a, is a really effective feature. Mm. I mean, they're, they're sitting with him, you know, they're appalled, they're that time of silence I think shows a genuine empathy, but the discussion shows and is intended to show where all of this goes wrong um, in their attempts to work out, yeah. okay, why is this now? And, uh, and that, that is where the problems arise. And I think at, at this stage, as we've read these two chapters, we, because we have seen this scene in the heavenly realms – the challenge is there. You know, we're, we're cheering Job on. That's yeah. it. Hold on. Hold on, Job. Just hold on, right? That's it. Now, the book and the writer wants us to be taking the same attitude towards our own lives. Mm. Hold on. I've got to just hold on. Yeah. Because my life is part of something so much bigger. There is more going on than I see or hear. So whatever happens... The most important thing is that I keep holding on to God and not let go. Well, that's it. The first part in the can on the book of Job. Did we did we cover enough there? I feel like we barely even scratched the surface of this amazing book. We have got so much to get through over these next two parts. Now, coming up in a fortnight's time, part two, this is the bulk of the book. This is all the discussions going back and forth. I really encourage you to head over to thrivetoday.tv. Look for the show notes 
of this episode. And there you can download a PDF. It's a really simple outline that I've put together over the book of Job. And it'll help you understand as we go through the book, the different dynamics there. There's some also great links and material to the book of Job. I'd love you to look through that as we get ready, especially for the next part, part two. All right, I'll see you over at thrivetoday.tv. Until then, get into the book of Job. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrive deeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrive deeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.